0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Happy Haven Podcast. Um, I know it's been a little while. I had a crazy month, but I did decide to come back with a really cool guest, uh, comic creator and writer Dennis Knight. So, hey Dennis, welcome into the Haven.
1: Oh, thank you for having
0: me. Oh man, no sweat, no sweat. So, uh, what's been going on with you?
1: Um, been really, really busy. Um, I just came back from Modesto Con in California a couple of weeks ago. Great show, lots of cool people, a lot of talent. Um, did a couple of panels out there. I did um, Comic Books 101 with Des Demise, Dominic Davi, Marissa uh, Marissa Garcia, and then I did um, Comics in Real Life with um, Jamie Sullivan. So that was a lot of fun. Really cool. And where was it? You said California. Yeah, Modesto, California. Modesto Con. It was the second the second con that they had in that town. It was like a you know, great show. So amazing. Oh, that's awesome! So, um,
0: do you have a circuit for cons, or you know, are you just breaking um, out into going to them?
1: No, I've been doing it for a while, but I've been like, because I'm based in New York, so I've been doing a lot of local cons, at like New York Comic Con, Boca Fest, you know, things like that. I'm trying to branch out into like more like West Coast cons. Yeah. And like, I'm actually trying to like get my calendar together for 2018, so I'm reaching out to different cons, see like where the programming situation is, if they have space for me. And things like that. So I'm following up some leads. Like I heard about StocktonCon, which is a good one. I've heard about Grape City. Heard about PlasticCon, a lot of cons. So it's just like it's hard to keep up with all of them.
0: Yeah, dude. It seems like there's literally like a weekly con somewhere.
1: I know yeah. we have
0: a uh, Momo Dragon DragonCon, and I think there's a couple others. And whatever communities belong to that that may listen, I apologize if I forgot your con's name. But the two big ones are MomoCon, which I actually got to cover this year, having started oh, nice. the podcast this year, and then um, DragonCon is is the big one. I'm sure you've heard of it.
1: Yeah, I've heard. I've heard it's like a crazy, amazing show. Was it like four days out there, or was it three days? I can't, it's, it's three or
0: four days, and it's like just people everywhere. Yeah. It, it it's really gotten huge. I know. I'm. I mean, I'm originally from Massachusetts, so I'm a I'm an up north boy too. But. Um, yeah. I've lived down here for going on like 15 years, and it's gotten bigger and bigger each year. Right. So, so um,
1: you 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 write for um who uh, Pronto Comics, right? Pronto, that's from a publisher. Yeah, they're they okay. the, the publisher that picked me up. That was like about four years ago.
0: So so you get you basically own own the actual book that you work
1: correct. on. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, that's the dream, dude. <laughs> <laughs> to be the yeah, yeah, like owner of the book stories of stuff people like the stuff gets stolen or like the publisher takes over everything and doesn't give the right of credit like I've heard a lot of bad stories and I'm just fortunate and happy that Francisco's actually they work with me and it's like they help me out with um, promotion they, they help me out with um, printing and distribution but they don't like they, I retain the rights to so my concept which is like very very like happy I'm so yeah. happy that that's the way it is Awesome. So, um
0: you do the cross for them. Do, do you do anything else, or have you done other stuff well,
1: before? I also, I have a couple of books out there that I've, that I've edited. Um, the creation, I edited, and that's I'm actually Desdemy's first comic book, and I worked with her um, last year the year before, and like her book is out there, so I'm very happy for her. It's her first one, so though she's nervous, but she's also learning as she goes, and like she's like enjoying the concert and like meeting people and signing her book, which is cool. Um, I've worked on a couple other books. I'm not sure where they are yet as far as production, because, like, once I get the scripts to edit them, I send them back, and then I'm not, like, I should be better with, like, following up, with like, the creators and, like, you know, the other editors, but it's, like, I haven't heard anything from certain books that I've edited. So, I don't know if the creator, like, backed out. I'm not sure what's, what's going on with that. I got you.
0: But yours is The Cross,
1: right? That's fine. Cool. Um, tell us about it. Um, funny story, like, I had this idea years ago, and I was tying my type for work, and the idea was, what if a contra-killer had to save someone instead of kill someone? So then this idea, it picked at me, it picked at me, I started, like, writing little things down, like scraps of paper, like napkins, I had, like, this massive pile of paper, and I said, okay, well, I have all these ideas, like, let me do something with this. So I actually, like, put all those scraps of paper into a dope and I filled like a, like five subject notebook just like my ideas and the dialogue and the settings like what was going to happen so I started writing I started looking up like how to write comic book scripts like how like you no know, get into the business the marketing aspect of it all that stuff right and then I just it I had to, like, it actually like all those ideas that I had like kind of kind of was refined into what if the contract killer was uh, like, um, like his, uh, his own arch nemesis in another universe and he has, to, he has to travel to the awesome to hide himself to save the world. Oh, snap. Yeah. So it's, it was very confusing to write at times, a lot of physics involved. I had to read a lot of books. I mean, I felt like I was back in school. All the books. <laughs> right. But I wanted to get it right. So you no, know, we have like certain theories, the chapters like, you know, we have to like, kind of take a little bit from every theory. But in the end, it worked out. At least I hope. So far, people like it because I don't read my own stuff because to me, that's weird. But the people who have read my stuff, they like it. So that's all I can ask for.
0: Dude, I feel that. I have about 30 episodes of this show I've put out, and I listen to podcasts all day at work. I've never listened to one of mine. With the exception of at MomoCon this year, I got to sit down with um, Rob Paulson and Maurice Lamarche, so I had Pinky and the Brain. That's amazing. Right. I've listened to that one twice just because it's like a I can't believe that happened to me. Those are legends, of
1: course. But on the...
0: right but on the other ones I've tried to listen and it's not it's not about the you know it's not like the guests or anything it's just like you start listening to yourself and you're like I am a goofy dude and so it's like you know what I mean
1: it's like they don't sound like that yes I do
0: (laughs) right so I can feel you like I've got all these podcast episodes I listen to podcasts all the time but I never
1: listen to my own yeah it's just weird like, for me, the most I would do is, like, I would look over a script for, like, editing purposes, make sure everything is the way that I want it. Right. And then i send it off, and then, like, when an actual physical book is finished, I hardly ever read it. Ever. Gotcha. Because it's weird, it's like, I, I know the artwork, because, like, I know the guy, he's drawing for me. I know what he's going to draw, so I don't have to see it. It's just weird. I'd rather show someone else who's, like, you know, who hasn't seen my book before, doesn't know anything about my book, show it to them, and then get their criticism, like, what they think of it. Right. Most definitely. So, like, that was your,
0: that's, like, your launch, huh? Yeah, I mean. That's awesome, dude, it. like, to have your own book and be the creator yeah. and the owner.
1: Yeah. Out I, the I gate. Felt, i dreaming. That's amazing, dude. Yeah, Congrats man, on dude. that.
0: That's awesome.
1: I'm just, like, this is really happening. Like,
0: <laughs>
1: I'm traveling. I'm, like, going to, like, different states, and, like, people know who I am before I get them. Like, it's, it's weird, but I'm happy, but it's weird at the same time, you know?
0: Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So, did you grow up liking comics or? Oh, yes, 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 yes
1: <laughs> I love comics. I want to give a big shout out to my big cousin Mike, who got me to comic when I was a kid, because I was like five years old. I didn't have any money. So, he would right. let me read his comic books growing up as a kid. And he is the one of really got to my dad. He was a big comic fan when he was growing up. So, he told me about the comics that used to be like Doctor Strange, Thor, the Fantastic Four, like. No, all like the silver age stuff and, like you know, a lot of Jack Kirby, a lot of Stan Lee, so like I kinda of, like took that into account. So when I started doing my research, that's the stuff I was reading, like to make myself a better writer. Right. So I can't thank them enough because it's like it wasn't for them we'll be having this conversation with you right now. What's, for
0: them? what's your um what was your favorite book?
1: Well, growing up, a lot of X Men. A lot of X Men. Yeah, me and you favorite. are definitely yeah. Yeah. A lot <laughs> And then of course you have Wolverine, Cyclops. It's like I like I used to love the milestone books I used to have, like the old, old stories that they that, that that they reprinted. I used to read those like all the time. I'm a big Jim Lee fan, so I have a lot of the '90s X-Men in my collection. And it's just like and the thing is like when you're a kid, you don't realize who's doing the art, but then when you get older, like you start paying attention like, to the creative teams and like a lot of these people, like I've either met them, or I've been in the same building. I was like, oh my god, like I had a comic book in my house. And it's like so <laughs> like <laughs> Right. Yeah, man. I mean I did new a Comic Con last year and Chris Claremont was signing. And I wanted to be him so bad. But his line was like poof. His line went all the way down artist alley. And I was like, there's no way I had time to run away from my table, shake his hand, get something to sign and come back. It was like I just waved him, he waved back and then that was it. That was my Chris Claremont experience.
0: Now I've got all four variants of the Jim Lee, Chris Claremont, X-Men oh. reboot, and then I've got the one cover that folds out with all the covers at once. Oh, so I have five X-Men number ones, because Jim Lee and Chris Claremont are like... Alan.
1: Oh man, yeah, the, the the Magneto ones, I love those. I have a couple of those myself.
0: I've got all of them, and I'd nice. love to get to be able to like sit it down in front of either of them and just be like...
1: It's Sign like, it or don't,
0: it. but just thank you. Like for, <laughs> like,
1: you know. I honestly just, just want to shake their hands. Like a lot of people call, lot of respect in this business. I just want to shake their hands. Like, That's how wants- I
0: am. So yeah, like I mean, I grew up. You know, um, I had an uncle Mike, which is funny that you said shout out to That's, Mike. Uh, but I swear I have an uncle Michael von George. People can look him up. He's <laughs> a person who existed. Uh, he's passed, but um, he. I, I like I said, I grew up in Massachusetts, so. Um, He worked in Brockton, Massachusetts At this place that um, Did like magazine distribution So He would come in And just have these brown Shopping bags Full of all the runoffs Like the extras
1: right?
0: That you know where like They got sent too many or whatever And they could take whatever they wanted He would bring me bags Like paper bags of comic books And what's crazy is because he was trying to factor my age into it, um, it was mostly the Disney books of the 80s. So, like, once in a while there was a superhero in there, but, like, so I learned to love comic books reading these, like, cheesy 80s Disney comic books. And then, you know, as I got older, he'd start integrating, you know, some of the superhero stuff in there. And then, um, so, I mean, like, from... 5 years old on I loved comics. I remember um, I tried to bring them all outside when I wanted to start buying superhero books before yeah. I got my paper route. You know, my parents never had a lot of money, so right. it was like, no, you've got the comics you've got and da, da, da. so I actually tried to set up a table and sell the Disney comic books as like an 8-year-old kid sitting in his front yard trying to sell his comic books so he could get other comic books. Like, I was right. trying to sell the Disney ones off so I could get the 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 superhero ones. And my dad was just like, dad gum kid, like, just mow the lawn or something. <laughs> like, you know, I think it was him seeing me put forth an effort, like, no, it's, it's not just a kid wanting something. Like, I will give right. up things to get the. <laughs> so, like... The love oh, of, of comic books was like you know the force was strong with this one from pretty early on.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, I like I remember there weren't a lot of comic book shops in the part of Massachusetts where I grew. Up. I grew up in um in Taunton, okay, which is like outside of Boston. It, um, we were closer to Providence, Rhode Island than Boston. Oh, they okay, got it. Yeah, oh. like there weren't a lot of like I don't think there were any actual comic book shops at the time. Like, on the radio, you'd hear about Newberry Comics, Newberry Comics, Newberry Comics. But that was in Boston. And so it was always, like, at the mercy of the spinner rack.
1: Yeah. You
0: know what I mean? Like, whatever was in that spinner rack yeah. was, like, that was the roulette. So it wasn't until I was I'll, older I'll, that I'll, I was I'll, able to pick a no, book right. and go sometimes with it.
1: like, the drugstore. You, sometimes you love out like, you find, like, a really cool comic on a spinner rack. And you grab it immediately. It's like, oh, my God they have it here I'm taking it I'm... yeah like I, I remember
0: one of them was like a it was either an annual or it was a special you know how Marvel would do those uh, you know 64 page oh yeah you know, spectaculars it was a Spider-Man I,
1: one I was. yeah yeah of course
0: oh man like that was like the. I still remember that day because it was in that spinner rack
1: they should bring those back man they should
0: I think Eric like Marvel, on. they
1: have, but it's nowhere near the caliber of what the annuals used to be like back in the day. No. Like I've never seen a 64-page comic book like an annual in like years since I was like a little kid. For real, and like they always had great covers. I know, yeah, amazing covers. I mean, for a
0: while, like for how much I love the X-Men, for a while it was like every month you'd get that like cardstock hologram uh, X's uh, from I, top to bottom.
1: Uh, uh, Oh man, those are my first die cuts and holograms. Yeah, I man. Basically, drew over the comic book I ever saw. That it was like those so cool. It's like the flashy colors, and like the prism covers, the chronum, the chronum, what's the chronum. That's what they call them. Yeah. The chron- uh,
0: oh man,
1: there was one with Bishop on it,
0: it that was cool. just amazing. I but remember.
1: But so expensive to print, it's just like now I get why they only made like X amount because it costs so much. Like a, like a comic like that would cost at least ten bucks to print. Right, at least. So Perfect. it was like, cause I love the novelty, but it's just not worth it from a business perspective. Right, because you know they
0: they weren't selling them for ten. They were like, I mean, those. They, I mean, they. I remember some of them were like two ninety five or three ninety five, and that's, even then you were like, there's no way I'm paying four bucks for a comic book. <laughs> right. <laughs> and now look today, it's like run of the mill monthly, maybe not even a part of the arc. Story is like three
1: ninety nine. Yeah, the tie-ins really bother me sometimes. Like, I, I understand, but tie-in is actually contributing to the actual story, cool. I'm all about it. But a lot of these companies are just like they just pump out tie-ins, you just print the name of the story up on the cover. It has nothing to do with the actual story. Just no. like print tie-in, just like to make you buy. it. I was like that's not cool, man. That sucks.
0: And with a lot of the modern stuff, like good luck keeping up with a character if you dropped off for even a month, because you're going to go in and be like, hey, can I get the new Batman? And they're going to point at a wall and go, which one?
1: Yeah, exactly. I'd rather just wait for the trade and just sit, eat everything <laughs> in one. Shot.
0: Right, because yeah, you go. Hey, I, I want that new uh, Superman. And they're like uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Son of Krypton, Superman, da da da, Superman, All Star Superman, Action Comics Superman. And you're like, no, I just want the dude with the blue, and then the red cape that punches back out in the face. That's crazy.
1: The Superman company. All I
0: want. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's. I think both of the big houses. You know, God love them. Once in a while, a story rises above that. You're like, yeah, this is why I like comic books. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I find myself like as an adult getting more and more. And I've had other guests on that work on indie books. I find myself more and more drawn to uh, to the indie books and the stuff getting put out, not by the two, you know, the two major houses. It, It and it's not even that it's easier to keep up with. I think. Not being tied to a legacy character, now that I'm older, I like this, you know what I mean? Like, as you're mature, I mean, I'm 36, so now if I'm going to invest in something, you know, I I, I need that story to drive me to keep going, and a lot of the indie comics, you know, like what you're doing, because you're not tied to a legacy character that's almost a century old, you know, your creativity is allowed to really shine. So. So
1: that's the good thing about indie is it's like indie publishers, they'll take like bigger risks as far as like story and characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen indie books where it's like the main character is like a drunkard or he's like a superhero with alcohol problems. Like, things that like normally wouldn't be in like a major publishing house, but it's still a good story, right? You have these people, like, they left their boxes from con to con buying a table, hoping to sell it, hoping, like, like, for me, I just hope someone can look at what I did. If you want to buy it, great. If not, at least you looked at it. And that's all I can really ask of people, because you can't really make someone buy your comic. True that. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> and so, I've seen it, like, so many guys, like, they're, like, two comics in a hand, and like, yelling and screaming at people, waving the comics in their face, like, dude, like, you're going to scare them. What is wrong with you to right. say hello? Please look at this. Don't scream in their face and shove the comic book in their face and like have your hand up for them to buy. it. They're not going to buy it. Right. I mean, even if
0: you're the writer, like if you're at a con or something, what what I see brings people in. If your name isn't already, you know what I mean, like Eric Larson or Jim Lee, Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder, Brett Booth, uh, you know, um, Norm Ratman. They they can just be there and people will go. You know, but but for an indie artist, I'd say from what I saw at Momocon this year. Pick the best art from your book that draws the eye, and then just right. be the cool person behind the table when someone
1: comes up. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You, know, like, you have to be a nice person. You have to be cool. You have to be engaging, and it just is like to me, it's a total package. You're not just buying my comic book; you're also getting to know me as a person. Right. If you like, then cool. And no, because some people they just buy myself just because I'm a nice person you know, I'll crack some jokes at the table, they laugh, I laugh, I say, you know what, you're cool, let me just support you, let me buy this. I'm like, wow, thank you. Yeah,
0: that's what I mean, like be that person at the cool. table. But, yeah, con circuit, man, it's...
1: It's tough. It is. It's very, very draining, it's very, very competitive. But We really just have to push your best foot forward, try not to, like, no, piss anybody off, be nice to everyone because you never know who you're going to talk to. And, like, that's just it. Just be aware of these so If you can, do research. Like, look up the people who's going to be at the same time that you are. just so In this case, you bump into them. You have some, like, semblance of their work and what they've done. Exactly. Because so one, one of the biggest party files you can do, especially if you're up and coming, you're not even a creator yet, and you go to someone, oh, my God, I love you stuff. Oh, what did you like? And you're like, uh, like you're on a blanket, then, like, look up the person, look up their work before you actually met them.
0: Right, exactly. Well, that's why, like, I, I looked up the stuff, you know what I mean? Like, I looked you up, but that's why I'm right. asking you the questions on the show, so that, like, yeah. not everybody's just going to be like, oh, well, 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 let me go look this dude up. I'd rather people hear it, you know, from you right. what your stuff's about. You know, I do right. my research, but, you know, I like to give everybody a platform most definitely. Right, of course. Especially as a lifelong comic
1: book lover. <laughs> and then... It's like sometimes I'm like, oh my god. Because, like, if I was a kid and I knew that people actually made these comic books, like, there's an actual live person that actually like drew and wrote and lettered and colored, then I could have like started pursuing my career in comic books when I was a kid. Right. And just like when you get old, you're just like, oh wow, wait, I could do this too. And just, and then like, you just, you just shoot your shot, you can take it, you can try.
0: And what I love about that is that at this point, we're at a distribution point, you know, with digital media and social media and this, and that being able to network and link with people is that it's that easy to to jump into the game. And, you know, like with your book, if it's got merit and people like it, then it, you know what I mean? It does rise. Yeah, of course. But it's so accessible to people like you and like me yeah. To 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 have this content, you know, there, there's there's almost no doors left, you know, because even if a big house turns you down, you can go. Well, I'll go with the smaller houses, and even if they say something, you can turn around and be like, you know, I'm
1: gonna do it myself. Exactly. I've seen so many self-published people, and it just like it takes a lot of guts. But it's like, I think this is the best time to spend. Like the digital cyber age is like this is the best time to break into it. If you want to make comic books, now is the time, because you don't have to like. Go to somebody's like physical office and show your stuff. You could actually email someone or you could do a webcom and just put it up yourself.
0: Right, and then somebody will see you know what I mean? Like yeah, if it's good, somebody will see it and then the next thing you know, you're like, Oh, it's happening.
1: It's not lot easier.
0: For real. But I mean it's 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 a beautiful time as me as, as a comic consumer, it's a beautiful time to be alive because of that. You know, I yeah. I, I can go to the store and get the Get the things or I can be like, you know what, I wanna find something that maybe nobody else knows and then you do a little right. bit of hunting on the internet and you're like, Oh snap, this one's good and then you stick with yeah. it and then you watch it, you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Like, so yeah. As a consumer it's it's a it's a greedy pig at a buffet time and as a creator there's just so much like accessibility to you guys now so for when you, when you to wait.
1: put your art out. It's a win-win for fans. It's a win-win for creators because it's like we are actually able to interact with each other now. We can like send each other a tweet. We can send each other an email. Hey, I love your stuff. Where can I get more? Oh, hey, I'm doing this event at this store. It should come by. You know what I mean? It's like it's so much easier to communicate with people now. Get the word out about your event, about your book. And it's like everything is really You just have to put the time in to actually like connect with people, follow up on connections and like, you know, make yourself relative because it's like I'm on Twitter. I would say at least couple of times a week, only because like, I have to keep up with my followers, I have to keep up with, like, with what's right. going on, and it's like I have to interact with people, I have to like support people, I retweet people a lot, because it's like, you have to, like, perfect example, Brian polito great guy, mm-hmm. creative Lady Death, amazing person, he's on Twitter, and anytime I see something from him, I immediately retweeted, right. because I respect his work a lot, I remember Lady Death when I was a kid. Yeah, guy, he's out there. He's doing shows. He's like all over the place. And every time like I see something from him, boom, instantly because I respect his work.
0: Yeah, I've got I've got people like that. Um you know, uh Peter Cimetti um from Alterna Comics, like
1: Oh yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. Right, like
0: and what a cool concept. Yeah. You know, uh we're going to do everything in-house and I mean, I've had him on the show. You know, we're gonna do everything in house, and we're gonna go back to newsprint. And you yeah. can buy everything we put out in a month for like 10, 20 bucks, and they're just as good as. Like, I love his business model. That's actually why I had him on, because I, yeah. I mean, I was following alternative comics and looking, and I was like, that is a crazy, awesome punk rock little business model for a comic book label.
1: You know, he's awesome, man. I've to him on Twitter from I've talked to him on Twitter from time to time. Real nice guy. Always has something kind to say. Like, always ask him, like, what kind he's doing. And as I use, unfortunately, like, we're never at the same one at the same time, which kind of sucks, but it's like always, he always takes me and say, Oh, hey, I'm not going to be at this one, but I'll be at this one. And so it's like a nice open line of communication, which is always granted, always great, I think. Right.
0: But I mean, that's just it. Like, the community has gotten so good, and it's so big. Like, there's so many people reading comics now. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's like there's there's a book for everybody, but there's also an audience for every creator. It's, it's right like you creator. said, I mean, it, it, it's a double edged sword of not really being a negative. You know, like it's a double edged sword, but it's not meant in a negative way now for, for comics and people who like them. It's kind of a.
1: You I know, think it's like the best time to be alive because we have like the big budget movies that are way better than the movies that we saw as kids. Right. I remember watching the those terrible, made-for-TV Incredible Hulk movies, but because it was Incredible Hulk, I would sit through it, I would suffer through it. Heck
0: yeah, the trial of the Incredible Hulk was amazing, they actually brought in Thor, and like, if, yeah. you didn't, if you didn't, you know what I mean, like, the nerd population was low then, it was like, people didn't know who Thor was, but there I was, sitting on a couch, watching it in syndication, like, <gasps> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got
1: to get so excited like the costumes were great but because you know, you know you read the comics and you see him on the TV it's like what and you get so excited the only
0: thing that was unforgivable was that weird Captain America thing on TV with the clear painted shield and the yeah, motorcycle
1: helmet I still the... get stomach pains over that one do you remember the old school Spider-Man made for TV movie when Peter Parker was like 30 years old and blonde hair yes And like the tweed jacket and you see him like crawling on the floor it's obviously the floor but it's supposed to be a wall it's like a thick white rope shoot out of his wrist. I was like, Come the on bad,
0: it. The bad Dutch tilt, which already looks yeah. bad, but they
1: <laughs> they did it even worse than Batman. Yeah. Come on, man. All right, like, so... Like, what do you do? Like, you have to watch it because you're, like, five years old. You can't leave the house. So you sit there, you watch it.
0: You want to deep dive something crazy? Go for it. Go on YouTube. I think you can find the whole movie. In the yeah. 1970s, they did a made-for-TV Doctor Strange movie.
1: I've heard of it, I've seen pictures, and he looks like a porn star.
0: Oh my god, dude, it's so (laughs) bad,
1: but somebody tried,
0: like, somebody was like, let's bring Doctor Strange to the screen. (laughs) Give
1: him A for effort, but wow, that costume looks just terrible. His mustache is like, super duper huge, I was like, what are they doing? It's amazingly bad. (laughs) But it's one of those
0: things where you're like, yeah, but you know what, that's what we had. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah, it sucks, but it's like, you know, you kids, you know, you just, you're just excited to see them, like, on the TV, you know what I mean?
0: See, cartoons are what, are what I think, cartoons are what made the culture what it is today, because,
1: yeah, you know, in the early
0: 90s, the, you had X-Men, the animated series hit. Brilliant. And then you had Batman, the animated
1: and, series hit. And the 90s was awesome. And then what we Spider-Man the had TV. one, and, we had Thundercats, we had GI Joe, Silverhawks.
0: Yeah, us '80s kids had the best. The best cartoons. We had the best everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I, I kind of feel bad for like, kids growing up because it's like they don't have anything. Like we had the movies, we had the music, we had the cartoons, we had the TV shows. These kids don't have nothing then. No, they don't
0: even have Saturday morning cartoons. They have cartoons on twenty-four hours a day, so that cartoons don't really matter.
1: Yeah, and it sucks. It's like Saturday morning cartoons is like your everything. Like you go to school. Monday through Friday, just to watch cartoons on Saturday with a big bowl of cereal. And it made everything okay.
0: Look, I remember Ninja Turtle cereal. Oh, yeah. It was basically just checks and marshmallows. Yep, all
1: sugar.
0: And then then Nintendo put out that jam where it was like Uh,
1: Super Mario
0: on one side and Zelda on the (laughs) other, the two-bag cereal.
1: I haven't had one of those, and I was like, (laughs) hey.
0: Dude. Like, yeah, man, like, it was... Bringing it back, all right. I mean, we say the golden age now for, like, movies in the audience, but, like, there's... The real Ghostbusters cartoon was better than the Ghostbusters reboot, like... Yes, totally agree. I tried to watch that Cartoon Network Thundercats reboot thing they tried a couple years ago, and I, like, got through, like, the half of the prologue and was like,
1: nah. Give me the crappy animation, the crappy dialogue. I don't need them, like, updated and looking cool. Like, I like my Thundercats cheesy.
0: For real. And I'm sorry, but our cartoons did not treat us like kids. No. Like, was, like, you, like, there's a Thundercats episode where there's, like, this um, circus caravan yeah, going through town. And they basically distract the villains... By luring them into the prostitute car. Oh my god. Uh, and they didn't even really try to hide it. They were like, we know yeah. what you like. Ha ha ha. And like <laughs> and like the stupid goons are like, I'm going to go get laid. Exactly.
1: Is like, that...
0: Screw Lionel right now. <laughs> but it was like right there. Like, As an adult, you're like, oh snap. They like either tricked them into going to get a strip tease, or they just straight up went in the ho-hut of yeah. the circus caravan on... A kid's show.
1: Like you really miss a lot of like the undertold like the underlying themes when you're a kid because you're just watching the cartoon. As you look back and watch it as the adult you're like, oh wow. Like I didn't even catch you catch a lot of stuff like after the fact. Like, oh wow. They for real? really said that wow. They, they really did that? It's like it's crazy.
0: Like for me, Batman the animated series, right? I grew up loving it. Who didn't?
1: Love but it. as an
0: adult, um I always hear people talking, you know, Heart of Ice, Heart of Ice, Heart of Ice was amazing. Heart of Ice won an Emmy. Hard of Ice, this Hard of Ice that, and I, I watched it right. as a kid. And I watched it as a knuckleheaded punk rock teenager, but yeah. I, you know, I started watching it with my youngest, looking yeah. stuff up on the internet, and watching, it. and as a grown a man, this time watching Hard of Ice, I actually got emotional because I am yeah. married. I do have the love of my life. I, you know what I mean? Like right. watching that Mr. Freeze storyline, Hard of Ice, actually as an adult, hit me on so many different levels that it didn't as a kid.
1: Right, it's not really paying attention to it.
0: Right, and kids today have, like, the anno- the annoying orange um, right. Pokemon, which, sorry for the Pokemon fans, but come on, guys, we're all adults now, and, like, a bad, really bad, chibi version of Teen Titans. Like, there is no Batman the Animated Series for them. There is no X-Men the Animated Series for them. Like, I don't know, something was lost in that. I mean, we have cartoons 24 hours a day, but they're just, like, noise.
1: You have to really, like, pick and choose when it comes to cartoons. I'm a big cartoon fan, obviously, because I like comics. But it's, like, for me, it's, like, I need, like, like, for me, when I heard Young Justice was coming back for a third season, I almost, like, I jumped for joy. Dude, that is the only thing that will get me
0: to buy that Warner Brothers streaming service.
1: It was so, like, perfect. It really was. You had the development, you had the backstorages, everything was perfect. And it's like, like once in a blue moon, you get, like, a high-quality cartoon that has characters, that has depth, and actually has something to say. You don't really get that too often.
0: No, that and Justice League Unlimited are, like...
1: Oh, yeah, perfect. For modern-era
0: cartoons, they are some of the best.
1: I was I gotta give it to Warner Brothers man, like they really knock it out of the park when it comes to like, animated movies and cartoons, they like nail it every single time. Yes, they do. You, I've you, never seen a bad Warner Brothers cartoon ever in life.
0: You you're talking to a man who cried at the end of Flashpoint when he watched it. Because that comic oh, was so good man. to me and then No,
1: we, wait, 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 Flashpoint. You know that like the Flash movie live action is gonna be based on the Flashpoint storyline, right? Yeah. What? I can't even contain myself. I am so excited.
0: <laughs> My only problem is I am a CW Flash fanboy.
1: Right, so you're not you're not digging the guy who's playing the Flash for the movie.
0: The only things I've seen him in trailers for right. are like these boring, artsy indie films, and I just have no interest in those. Like, you're not, even, you're not excited
1: at all. I mean for me I I was also gunning for the actor who plays the Flash on the TV show to be in the movie I was rooting for him because like he's my favorite I love him but I checked out the guy who's playing the Flash in the movie and he's not that bad he has like the weird nerdy thing going on for him which is like essentially Barry Allen like I'm okay with it
0: but like the suit though like
1: yeah the suit I think it should have just been like old school like old school Barry Allen I
0: mean you can do a modern one but why the hell does he look like a Power Ranger like
1: yeah, I don't I'm not a big fan of like the shiny metal, just like keep it simple. Like I, even even bring it back to like the Flash the Flash TV show from Channel Two back in the day. Even that John Wesley like, Ship? Yeah. Oh like that would have been awesome. I love his
0: integration in the CW show.
1: I they cried.
0: They let him be Jay Garrick.
1: Like not I, only
0: I, is he Barry's dad, but they let him be Jay Garrick.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like dude, that their their writing is so spot on and so perfect, like <laughs> If I ever meet any of the writers from The Flash, I'm probably going to kiss them on the forehead because they're that good. They're amazing.
0: I had, and I talk to him on Twitter still all the time, I had yeah. Jeremy Simpson on. He is the storyboard artist for The CW Flash. That is amazing. And I tried, and it was before the season finale, and I was like, yeah. I tried to be smooth. I'd be like, da 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 So when Barry beats Savitar this way, Da-da, and he'd just be like, it ain't happening, dude like i <laughs> they have it. like i'm not giving you story. they have it
1: in them like what's going to go what's not going to go so it was like i get it but at least you had a chance to interact with him i actually like gave your suggestions which is really cool like
0: yeah like he was he was a really cool guest um he's working yeah. on Deadpool 2 now he's doing like storyboards for Deadpool 2 and right. you know with Arrow and the Flash and Legends coming back on um, Yeah. he does stuff with that um you know cuz he's awesome, actually though. in Vancouver so he is like where the CW verse happens because yes. they film everything in Vancouver. But All I right. I watched the first season of Legends. I'm, I have the second one recorded. Just things, Gotham got really good this year, and it kind of dominated everything for me. And then, um, you know, we have The Flash, and we have Arrow. And, like, during the regular programming schedule, we literally have a show, like, Monday through Friday. Because then yeah. we have the sitcoms we watch, too, and it's like... You know, me, me, my wife and I were joking the other day. We were like, "When did TV become work?" Like, you got to balance everything. Cause, right? Well, you know what I mean. Because people be like, "Have you seen this yet?" And you are like, "Man, I've got eight shows this week." And they're like, yeah. "Nah, but you need to check this one out." And then you watch it and you are like, "Damn it, it's really good."
1: Like, <laughs> I'm <done>. like <laughs> oh, I, I'm like, I'm so happy because it's like, I think this is like. For this time area, this time period, yeah. a lot of like our heroes and characters from the combo Books are actually like either on they're on the big screen, or they have their own TV show, or they're like a, a, a recurring character in like a running TV show, which I think is really really awesome. Dude,
0: there's a no holds
1: barred preacher, preacher show everyone. right now. Like,
0: there's a preacher
1: show. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> it's and, and it's like they did the show did the book justice. Huge right. preacher fan. Rest in peace, of Steve Dillon. Like I really respected his work a lot, and but it's I mean, just
0: like that's where we live right now, dude. There's a freaking seriously treated preacher show on TV.
1: Yeah, and I'm surprised because I never thought preacher would make it to, the, to 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 air because like the the comic book is so intense. As I, I give AMC a lot of credit for taking a chance on that book because that the, the pages were intense.
0: I'll tell you what, if Walking Dead hadn't taken off the way it did, we wouldn't have.
1: You're, you're yeah, absolutely right. I think it wasn't cause it. the way because that's another intense book, also.
0: Right, and the fact that they were able to, except for like just the F word being omitted, the fact yeah. that you could basically see it page for page, not storyline wise. I like the changes like, they've done to keep me interested, <laughs> but like Negan, when they said Negan was coming, and I went back and read that, issue 100, and I was like, Yeah, is there's, bad but I was like, there's no way.
1: Yep. They're did, gonna they do did. A, they're gonna it they a
0: cutaway and then I was like Nope. Damn. they pulled it off. And I did uh, shriek a little um, non masculinely when I first saw Sheba.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I, like, like, I like that the fact that the, the networks are like being more liberal with the content because it's like they've always watered down stuff from comic books and movies when it comes to T V and movies, always. Right. and now for the first time they're like you know what go for it
0: and you know what good on Marvel for being like no put them in their suits yeah like the X-Men movies I don't know why there's like this black leather fetish for every movie since the 90s uh, yeah, DC sure. can't seem to like for how good their stuff is like everything has to be muted costume and colors played down Marvel Studios is like Nah, Thor's got wings on his helmet A giant red cape And, you know <laughs> it's, yeah. it's that.
1: That's what we're getting The are very true to the book So it's like, I'm, I'm like a like I'm, I'm a big Marvel fan So it's like, Me too. anytime there's a movie whew, I'm like in the front row With my snacks and my soda Ready to like enjoy the show Like you see that so Ragnarok like, trailer? Dude, I shrieked I could do I'm
0: like, so they're doing Planet Hulk and Ragnarok? Yeah.
1: I I picked it up right away. But the thing is, like, because, like, actually, um, Mark Ruffalo, he said it himself that there's not going to be, like, a solo Hulk movie. So yeah. I'm, like, as well, like, incorporate the Planet Hulk storyline. You know, like, cause the thing is, like, the Hulk ha- the Hulk is in the movie. So it's, like, why not give him, like, a little bit of shine? And the Planet Hulk was, like, an amazing book. cause like, it's awesome. So it's, like, I think they did it. Because Marvel, they really never disappoint. The I'm very excited about it. So I can't wait. Be honest with you, there's a lot of good movies coming out, man. You have like Infinity War, that I'm very excited about Black Panther, I'm excited about that one also. They filmed Black Panther 10 minutes from my house. No way,
0: yeah, dude. Um, I, I, I live in metro Atlanta now, yeah. Um, uh, there's this uh, 10 minutes from me, there's this giant warehouse that. It's still kind of operational, but most of the land isn't being used, so they took the entire back of this, like, multi-acre um, factory warehouse and built this Conex trailer village, right? Uh-huh. So all I, I started seeing signs from Mary Lou. I looked up Mary Lou, and it was either the Avengers or Black Panther. Well, I started skulking around every day, and I saw Chadwick Boseman a lot, and not really anybody else from the Avengers. So I was like, well, they're filming Avengers in Atlanta because they're all here, but they're obviously not here. So I was looking at the, at the Black Panther set. Um, they're now using that same lot. Uh, me and my 10-year-old go out uh, on weekend nights because they're doing all-night filming. It's where they're filming Godzilla.
1: They're using the same place to film Godzilla. Awesome. That's cool. Man, you got a lot of stuff going on where you live.
0: <laughs> Dude, Atlanta's the place to be right now. But here's the thing. I would switch with you to be able to be in New York when Luke Cage is getting filmed, when The Defenders is getting filmed, when yeah. John Bernthal's in his Punisher outfit running around. Dude. Ooh, you got the Marvel universe
1: for the street that's characters that's right now. Home Runs, man. But the Netflix Marvel shows, Home Runs, man. Every single one of them.
0: Right. I mean, you're where they're filming them, like...
1: Yeah. Oh. Like, Luke Cage was... I was very happy with the way they did Luke Cage. It was awesome. Jessica Jones was great. For real. Loved the Devil. John Barenthal, his Punisher is, like, by far the best I've seen, like, on screen. Like, it I was cried. Perfect. It was perfect.
0: When he did his so, origin when they're in the cemetery... Yeah, and he's talking, you know, Daredevil's got him tied to that headstone, and John Bernthal yep. finally, like, gives the hit like, their origin for the Punisher like, me and my wife are sitting there crying on the it couch listening, oh
1: ugh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, Netflix, they're perfect, man because, like, they let the characters be themselves, they don't mind if it's too edgy, they don't care, they just, they just put it in there which is great, man
0: for real, like they modernized, you know, Luke's appearance. But that one, yeah. that one episode where they show him breaking out mm-hmm. of the facility, he walks up to that car window and they put him in the frickin' seventies outfit. Yeah. You know, with the headband and the neck and, no. the, and the yellow shirt and the and he was just like, oh hell no!
1: But you were like, they did it though. But they did it. <laughs> I respect him a lot for like no no nodding to, like, his origin and, like, you know, the old school. Because Luke Cage came out in the 70s. For real, so it had like yeah. a crazy atmosphere. For just a minute, was like, it meant everything to me.
0: That's what I mean. Like, he walked up to the car window and it was there. <laughs> and you were like, they they found a way to do it.
1: Yeah, you know, they, they, they worked it They found a
0: way to really show us what Power Man looked like when he came. You know what I mean? Like, yep. and I know they're jumping to the Defenders. I still got my fingers crossed that we're going to get a uh, – Power Man and Iron Fist, Heroes for Hire.
1: That would be really awesome because I want to. I want to see. I hope like they develop the friendship between Danny Rand and Luke Cage. I hope they really like develop it in Defenders because mm-hmm. they're best friends. So I hope they just, that like, they just run with that and like it actually grows as the show goes on. That's what I'm hoping for. Right, and then we can
0: get our Heroes for Hire.
1: Exactly, and then that kind of lead into like the next thing. You're right. Oh.
0: Did you see the, the the Defenders trailer? Not yet. The I've heard one it, from Comic Con. Yeah, oh, I don't know what it is with Marvel and Netflix, but they love to put them in hallways.
1: Right? What is it? What's up with that? Like every fight seems in the hallway. I
0: mean, I love them,
1: <laughs> but
0: it's either a stairwell or a hallway. But they just let yeah. them go. Like that yeah. first season of Daredevil when when he goes to get that
1: kid. Oh my God, that was in the best fight He's like bouncing off the walls And kicking people It was awesome It was great I loved it I was more excited
0: When he went into the rooms And they didn't show you What was going on
1: Yeah Because then like like, That one dude gets
0: up And goes to walk back in the room And a freaking microwave Comes flying out And just
1: like Oh Yeah Yeah They really They did Like Daredevil uh, First of all I'm a big Daredevil fan So I was like excited For the show in the first place Right. I actually watched it, and I saw that how accurate they were to the book. Like even down to his costume, like his costume gradually changed. I was like, "Yo, this is brilliant!"
0: Right, and the gladiator is the one who did, like they haven't shown it. Y- they haven't let him be the gladiator yet, but the dude who built his costume, like at the end of season two, of daredevil, he shows yeah. that he's wearing his own armor, and it's the freaking gladiator costume underneath yeah, so- that dude's like hoodie. I can't
1: wait. Man. <sighs> so good.
0: And he throw like he throws the saw blade at Murdoch in that one when he first like breaks into the you know his garage. Yep. He throws the saw blade just like the gladiator, and like the
1: names right, and I'm like, oh
0: come on, yeah. like.
1: There's They're so good much with, potential. Just tease you. They won't let out say it, but you kind of know what's happening. So like you get excited for it. Kind of people look at people look at you look you look crazy. Why you supposed just watch and wait? You'll see. Exactly. Exactly, and like.
0: The recurring characters crossing over all to make this one consistent universe, like Madame Gal
1: being in. Oh man, she's such a badass. Man. The chick
0: that got playing Madame Gal is Madame Gal. Like,
1: like I want to take her out to dinner. She's like, she's beautiful.
0: Like she is so good crossing over, just this little old Asian lady that anybody would look over, and you're just like, like nah, that chick, that chick is a scorpion.
1: No, she's awesome, man. Like, I love how two is in Iron Fist, because I like how they're incorporating the hand in, like, multiple series. Yeah. Because the hand is, like, so, like, vast-reaching. Like, the hand is, like, to be in, like, literally every Marvel series that Netflix ever makes. Yep.
0: Oh, um, you know, Daredevil Season 2 ends with Elektra in the... Yep. Resi- yeah, you need to see the Defenders trailer. Oh dude, I will. I'm gonna say out. The Weaver's the big bad. Yeah, know. she's that. got her henchmen and uh, her little underling is is gonna be all about them having to go up against Electra.
1: Yeah, man, that's crazy though. I, I like how they brought Electra into like the Daredevil series because I think she's a great character, but I think also things like she's kind of like underused in a way, like she's underrated. Right. Most definitely.
0: And then, um, like, uh, what's it, um, Rosario Dawson.
1: Oh, she's brilliant. Just be a oh. night nurse in, in everything. Yeah, she's, that dude. she's like, she's all over the place, I love her. Like,
0: people she who don't read perfect. Marvel are like,
1: who's this night nurse character? And you're like,
0: <laughs> like, there's a reason she's in all the street-level
1: shows. Exactly. That's one thing about Marvel that I can say, like, they always had, like, really good street-level heroes. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they're talking about, uh, I guess we're getting Cloak and Dagger soon?
1: I heard about that. I'm very excited about that also.
0: And then there's rumors about Moon Knight.
1: Yep, I heard about that too. So, Which would be amazing because it's like, those are, like, probably the three characters I would say were like, the most underrated. Because if you read the comic books, they're awesome. But you never see them on TV. you never see them in the movies. So it'd be nice for them to finally, like, get some shine, you know?
0: I have the original run of the Cloak and Dagger books. Oh, awesome! That's so cool. Like, come on! Like that—that to me, like, kind of came out of nowhere. That whole the concept of of who they are, how they operate together, and like, yeah, like Cloak and Dagger was crazy when it came out for me. I I ate that stuff up and kept them. And then, of course, I mean, I I know Agents of Shield had a Deathlock storyline, but that would be a cool... Yeah. That'd be a cool series, see some
1: Deathlock. Yeah, man. Like, Marvel, their universe is so bad that they have so many characters that they can, like, you know, make a movie or, like, you know, make a show. But it's like, I guess they have to pick and choose which ones and have to, like, kind of plan, like, the future of those characters on the big screen and the small screen, I guess.
0: Yeah, I know they're doing something where I guess they've cast a
1: squirrel girl. I heard about that.
0: And then something... I, I, I think somebody's trying to shop getting Howard the Duck brought back on into something. That'd be cool.
1: That would wow. be really cool. I didn't, I not Howard a Duck movie when I was a kid. And I had no idea that was based on, like, a Marvel character. So, like, you know, years later, I see Howard the Duck was like, what? Yeah,
0: Crazy. man. Like, people can hate on that movie all they want. George Lucas had the <laughs> balls to, to do business with Marvel, look at their entire stable, and be like, I'll take the Duck
1: exactly
0: you know what i mean like not i'll take the x-men oh. uh, it was before the sell off so it was you know it wasn't i'll take this i'll take, yeah. I'll take the duck so people yep. can hate on that all they want i love that movie i still do it
1: There's was those those, of the like day. that it's so ridiculous but you'd have to love it because it's like it's so out, out, off the wall like you have to like it.
0: exactly Exactly, like I jumped out of my chair in the theater at the end of the first Guardians when that was like, the cameo at the end was yeah. Howard the Duck sitting on a bed and he's like, looking at the dog he's like, you let it lick you? Like, <laughs> I like I was like, they just showed Howard the Duck in the Marvel Cinematic Universe which means he yeah. exists in the Marvel right. Cinematic Universe now. But I yeah. still haven't seen Guardians 2. Um, Me neither.
1: by such a bad person. And my friends at home, when I don't get to see comic book movies, like wait, don't you write comics? Yeah, I don't see the movies because I'm writing comic books half the time. Right. And also, just because I'm,
0: just because you're writing comic books, does not mean that they just like mail you tickets.
1: I wish they did. That'd be awesome if they did. (laughs) For real.
0: But I mean, like, I haven't seen Homecoming yet. I haven't
1: seen Guardians yet. Homecoming is great. I saw it last week. That's what I heard. highly, Highly recommend it. Uh, I think I'm
0: holding out. I want to go see yeah. the new
1: the new Apes movie. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good movies. Coming, like you don't, you kind of like have to pick and choose what you're going to watch.
0: Right, but I mean, think about it. Like sometimes I think there's some like some weird time travel going on because yeah. there's they just finished another Jurassic Park movie. Godzilla mm-hmm. is getting done now. There was a King right. Kong movie last year. Planet yep. of the Apes is a franchise that, like, yeah, they're grooming King Kong to fight Godzilla.
1: That's what I heard. I heard movie. a couple like, of things about that.
0: I heard there's an option. They're trying to bring back um, Greatest American Hero.
1: No. Are you serious? Yes.
0: That like, will be so cool. There's a huge push to bring back Greatest American Hero. And then, like, I comic books are huge, and, like, all the movie yeah, franchises...
1: Just those hot comics of greatest American hero.
0: I have. <clears throat> I actually um, we got this like uh, discount store around here called Ollie's, and they mm-hmm. do like the factory buyouts, surplus buyouts. Like a store got damaged, right? So like they, so it's like all stuff you can get for like super cheap. They had the entire series for Greatest American Hero for a dollar ninety nine on DVD. What? And it wasn't even a thought, dude. Like, it was in my hand before I was even like...
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: like, that's one of those ones where you go to ring out at the register and you're like, oh, how did you get there? Like, your, exactly. your, your soul picked it up It was like, no, you're <laughs> not leaving without this.
1: No, it was such a fun show. Like, it was a little silly, yeah, but it was the 80s. So it was like, of course, like, every show in that time period was a little silly. A little, like, over the top.
0: But it was perfect! Dude finds a freaking alien
1: super suit and then loses the manual. I was hoping every time I would watch that like, he would actually learn how to fly. Exactly. <laughs> I, would cheer I was cheering for him. like, come on, you can do it. You can fly. You can do it. But yeah, man, there's a push to bring that back. That's amazing. Like, I would watch the hell of it if I got a chance to see it.
0: Heck it yeah. look, they made Ant Man as silly as possible. And it was, it was so- a good movie and it did well. There is no reason yeah. why Greatest American Hero wouldn't do well.
1: Oh, I heard that uh, Michelle Fiber is being casted as Janet Van Dyne in um, Ant-Man 2. Really? Yeah, I'm excited about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know we're getting the Wasp, so... Yep. I mean, crossing my fingers on that one. But yeah, yeah I, mean, didn't, I, mean, I didn't know so that.
1: Yeah. And I think she'd be perfect, too, because she's, she's a little older. So, like, Hank Pym, he was a little older in the first one. So I think everything yeah. is going to work out.
0: That's amazing if that's really I like what how they went with Scott Lang, Hank Pym the for the
1: movie. I think that was a good choice.
0: Right. And, and you know what? At first, when, when when they were like, "Oh yeah, Michael Douglas plays Hank Pym," I was like, "What are they doing?" And then when they right. were like, "Oh well, Paul Rudd's gonna play Scott," and I was like, "Oh okay, they're doing okay. I see what they're doing." Because I was like, if they're bringing in. Ant Man after the Avengers, what take are they taking? And and I mean, you know, they're they're taking the modern, the more modern
1: exactly. run on the book, but which is cool because it's, it's it. cool for the audience as you associate and like identify with Lang as opposed to Hank Pym, which was which was a smart move, I think.
0: Right, like for me right now, you've got all this stuff we're talking about. Plus, there's new Star Wars coming. Plus, there's you know what I mean, like. There's all this stuff. There's talk of another Indiana Jones movie. I, I'm waiting to see, like, Garbage Pail Kids come back into style. There's so much stuff from my childhood that is relevant again.
1: It's only a matter of time. I remember all, oh, man, this, 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 I remember the trading cards. when I, was, I remember, the, like, the movie that they made, like, back in the 80s. I have it. It was so gross, so disgusting, and I loved every second. I have it. I had garbage pill kids. I had the cards, the stickers, the movies. I come to your house. We you have like the ultimate sleepover. When they come to your house, we're gonna <laughs> watch like <the> ultimate movies. We <laughs> have pizza. It's gonna be great.
0: Well, we have to watch the original Ninja Turtles if you are gonna have pizza, man. Cause oh yes, um, that's definite. That's like yeah, like I mean, the stuff that uh, that was like in my hate my in my heyday, in your heyday, it's all relevant yeah. again, and it's kind of crazy, like. It's almost overwhelming, but, I mean, yeah. at this point, I'm loving it. I saw the Ready Player One trailer. That whole movie is just going to be, uh, I, it looks like as much of a love letter
1: to our childhood as it, the books. Really, really good. Like, I saw the trailer the other day. I was like, wow, like, Spielberg, you always, like, puts 110% to anything that he does. So I know it's going to be, like, amazing. Craziest That's just guy, it, like, right. How-
0: if anybody can pull that movie off, it, it's him.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: And then, um, what, It's... It's getting ready to hit the theaters again. Yeah.
1: I was kind of skeptical, but I saw the trailer. I was like, whoa, this might be something, man. It looks oh, pretty good. Oh, hell no. I'm going
0: to wait till I can watch that at home.
1: Yeah, with the lights on. Because <laughs> when that, look. Make sure your wife is with you so you don't get too scared.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. So, okay. So, I watch, you know, I'm a big zombie movie fan. And I grew up with, you know, we grew up with all the slasher movies. So sure. I was like, "Oh, horror movies don't scare me." Me and my wife go to this little movie years ago called The Grudge, right?
1: Oh, uh, I remember that one.
0: All right, so I'm like, I'm a 5-foot five 5-foot five 6 white dude, right? I sit down next to um we later found out he was um like one of the biggest players for the Arena Football League down here, so like right under the NFL. There's this giant black dude sitting next to me, right? So you got this tiny little white dude and this giant black dude sitting in the movie theater. His wife's on his side of him. My wife's on my side of me. So they're separated by us two in the middle. Mm-hmm. We grabbed each other <laughs> and screamed <laughs> at the scene when the chick... Po- like, early in the movie, too. Like, there wasn't even a getting-to-know-you phase, like when the chick pops her head up at the beginning in the attic and that chick like swoops in Mm -hmm. like right in her face, we grabbed each other's arms and screamed. Yep, I believe it. And our wives leaned over and looked at each other between us and just like shook their heads. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's awesome.
0: Like, here's this here's this little short little white guy and this giant muscle-bound black dude and they are holding each other
1: that's funny
0: instead of trying to comfort us as their women
1: that's hilarious
0: <laughs> like so when I saw that clown at the end of the new trailer take mm-hmm. off in like that stop-motion animation mm-hmm with that I was like no that that is not a theater movie
1: yeah me. man that's I, don't, I think I might wait for DVD for that one I'm like I'm gonna go combustion talk about <laughs> for,
0: especially because it's You know the first It was scary enough But it was done on TV You know it was a TV movie So And it was an 80s TV movie Or an early 90s TV movie
1: So the content was way played down 92 maybe I know it was like One of those like Four part movie things It was like They played like A little bit every night
0: Like they did with The Stand Yeah Yeah And So This one Nah I think it's a No holds barred
1: Movie Like it's it's like A legit movie So there's gonna be Like no holds barred Like anything That they come for In a TV version went into this version. I'm just amazed that I'm watching trailers for The Dark Tower. I'm so excited. I'm a big fan of Stephen King, so if Stephen King is listening, hi. Um, I've read all his books, and I can't wait for this movie. I'm, like, genuinely excited for this movie.
0: From my 8th grade till he wrapped the series up like 10 years ago, or, you know, yeah. 5, 10 years ago when the last Dark Tower book came out, Dark Tower was life for me. I have read all seven books at least three times.
1: Yeah, I, I love them so much. Like, and I remember with the ending, I screamed. I was on the train. I was reading the ending of the last book. I legitimately screamed on the train because I was so upset at the ending to that book.
0: For real. Like, come on, Stephen
1: King. Like, you make us read thousands of pages. A
0: 40-year for story ends on, oh, it's a time loop.
1: I, I was so upset I was like I was so bad.
0: Oh it's spoiler alert To people who haven't read The Dark Tower series Spare yourself The last chapter
1: Just And <laughs> when it says
0: He sees the tower And opens the door Don't read the last chapter don't do, it. don't do it Just enjoy the ride
1: Enjoy the story For what it was But don't read the end Like don't that
0: be- book series People can say Oh the wheel of time Oh the this Oh the that Nah for me It was always The Dark Tower
1: Oh yes Brilliant and like, he's such a great storyteller. So I respect Stephen King a lot. Like I actually get a lot of inspiration from him when I write my own stuff because it's like he is a pacing expert. He will pace his story perfectly. So, it's a big, big buildup, but the payoff is always worth it. that's why I respect him a lot as a writer.
0: Yes, except for the last chapter of Book <laughs> 7 of The Dark. And I swear, yes. look, I don't begrudge him at all. If I wrote a story that big trying to figure out how to
1: finish it would have scared the crap out of me, Yeah, dude. it took him years yes. to write it, so I totally respect him for it.
0: He started in the 70s. Yes. I think he wrote... The yes. Gunslinger was written before um, what, Carrie, which was his first like big published book. Yeah. He had already told the story, like started the Roland story before he was even Stephen King. Right. So, like, here he is, a 40-year career later, and he came to the end of it. And I I don't begrudge him for crying off, but there was a part of me that, like, man, if you were in this room right now, I would not kick
1: you for that so hard. Yeah, I'm just, just like, and just, like, because like, I fell in love with all the characters and, like, all this. like, I was with them, like, every time, like, they had to go through something, or, like, they had a gunfight or, a or whatever, I was there, and I was, like, really invested in the story, and then, like, just to get to that, I was just, like... <laughs>
0: Why? Right, I was so emotionally invested in the end of that when it's yeah. just down he,
1: to. He when makes you just, care about the characters. That's like, I think that's like actually a very very what's the word? Sign of talent when you can make perfect strangers care about people who don't exist. That's talent to me. Exactly.
0: Look. You know what, if if people who who want to read this because they're getting into it because there's a movie, you may not have heard of it before, or you you looked it over and you're just getting into it now, give me 30 seconds, fast-forward it, because... Okay, when it was down to just him and Oi left, and Mordred turned into the spider and killed Oi, I bawled like a baby. When Roland was by himself
1: again, I bawled like a baby yeah. reading a book. But they told him that everybody was going to die, and they still stay with him. So I respect them for that too.
0: I mean, I respect it, for, but yeah, but, but like I'm just saying, like like what you were saying about being so emotionally invested in, in fictional characters, yeah. like yeah. Suzanne. When Susanna left, that was that was so sweet. She found a version of New York that still yeah. had Eddie and Jake.
1: Mm-hmm. You yeah.
0: know, and just like literally rolled out into into happiness,
1: yeah, it, but she deserved it though she was she went through a lot in that story for
0: real, and then when Eddie you know like that when they were at the the place where um uh Anthony Hopkins character from Hearts in atlantis, yeah um, where they were being held to the you know the the prison for the breakers, yeah um when they have the gunfight with the cantoy and the little half animals, half humans and the, and that, you know, the, the, the warden and the warden just slips off that one shot and it killed Eddie. I like, yeah. I actually put the book down for almost a week and just walked away from it for a little bit.
1: Yeah. I, I felt bad, man. Eddie was like one of my guys. Man. I, loved, I loved him a lot.
0: You want to hear something crazy? All right. Sure. So, so the, the movie version of the stand that they did, you know how, when you read a book, if it's not a comic and you're not getting the full visual in your head, you make up what people look like and what they sound like. The guy who played Larry Underwood in the movie version of the Stand has been Eddie Dean to me since I read it, since That's he awesome. came in and um, drawing of the three. When Eddie Dean, so I always saw him as the Larry Underwood from the Stand movie. The way he talked, yeah. the way
1: he looked, like Eddie was he. A- character, man. I loved him, man. I do, too. His arc was great, though. Like, how he started off as a junkie and invented, like, this, like, noble, like, no-gun thing. It was like... God.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, Jake, you know, Jake coming in and out multiple
1: times. Yeah, he was a yeah. badass little so, yeah, man. I respected Jake a lot, too, man. Go then, there were other worlds than these. Yep. Like, I was, that part got me, though. I choked up a little bit when that happened.
0: Like I just yeah, that book series meant a lot to me for a long
1: time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping they're not
0: trying to like just do this all in one movie.
1: I don't I don't think that's possible. You know how long like if they try to smush everything into one movie, the movie would be like over ten hours long. I think they're gonna like break it up into like a series or a franchise. That would be the smartest thing to do. Yeah, it, it really would. It really would.
0: I'll tell you, man. Like reading them, you know, we used to go up to New York a lot.
1: Um, yeah.
0: From Providence and and. You know, from where I was, we'd just hop a train up. Yeah. And, and, like, in my head, you know, we'd be, we'd have our skateboards and, you know, we'd have our Discmans in listening to, like, Deftones and Beastie Boys and Wu-Tang and this and that with our baggy JNCO jeans all thinking that we're cool in Brooklyn. I and mean. I would, like, try to find parts of New York like Stephen King wrote them. hmm you know, like, the Dixie Pig and, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd look at every vacant lot and be like, my brain would break right now if there was a rose growing in this vacant lot. Like, right.
1: for real, like,
0: that 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 storyline I think has has grabbed me more than any comic, any movie, any game. I Like, I've read a lot of
1: books and I think The Dog Tale by far is like probably my best, like, series of books that I've ever read. My favorite, I mean. Yeah. For real, dude. And like, you live in New York, man,
0: I, if they, I would, I'd still be looking like, come on, there's got to be a bookstore, like Jake's bookstore, there's got to be, you know what I mean, like there's got to be, you know, go into the neighborhoods and away from the skyscrapers, but go into the neighborhoods and try to find the Dutch house, yeah, know, the house that tries to eat Jake, and like,
1: but I love how, um, they have like characters from Salem's Lot and the actual Dark Tower, book. I thought that was like really, really oh, cool. Oh, real,
0: like, Pierre Callahan showing up, and...
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, well, well,
0: that's what he says. Like, the Dark Tower, you know, the whole concept of it being what holds all the different universes together is the Dark Tower is what holds all of his universes together. Like I said, like, Anthony Hopkins' character from Hearts in Atlantis, I don't know the name of the... uh, It was Ted. Ted something from Hearts in Atlantis was a breaker that ran away. Um, Pierre Callahan. Um, When they get off Blaine the Mono. um, Mm -hmm. You know, when... Rolling out riddles the train, and it crashes yeah. itself, and then they get out. They're actually in Can in Topeka, Kansas, where the stand happened. Like it's like this, whole, yeah. Like everything he's ever written,
1: so brilliant. How he's tied everything. in and, and weaves seamless that too, right? It's seamless and it's brilliant. I just like, oh man, it's so good. Have you ever tried to explain it to somebody
0: who did who, did, who didn't read it?
1: I've tried and it just just it doesn't work. They don't it's impossible.
0: It. It just, it's impossible. You have to read so You're it like,
1: works. Oh, is that is that
0: his Western? and you're like Just read it. Yeah, it's his Western but it's also an apocalypse book. It's a multi dimensional book. It's a multiple timelines, multiple periods in time. Uh, it's got the, you, you, like, you know, it's got this, it's got that, and it it's all in the same story and it's spread over seven books. And, P- and it just, you see him look at you and you're like, here, just start with this. And you hand him, like, the gunslinger. Yeah, exactly. like, just start with I this. see the graphic
1: novel adaptations were really good, too. I was it some dark time own graphic novel adaptations were really, really good. Yes. Well, they're the
0: ones that actually tell the story that Stephen King alludes to through the whole thing. Um, you know, I know right. the, the fourth book, Wizard of Glass, he goes into how he met, you know, Susan, you know, the girl in mm-hmm. the window. And the whole thing going into Magis and... And you know him having Cuthbert and Elaine with him, and you know in the book it refers to a lot. You know there was this last battle where all his friends died. You know, and I think yeah. the comics actually tell that
1: story, right? Yeah. Very well done. Good art. It's, it's amazing. Marvel did those. Yep, Marvel comics.
0: Yep, I I, I got to look those up. I got to order those. That's like the one the one area I haven't read yet was those. Uh, Alright, so now that we've gone all that and completely, like I said earlier, dude, when we were talking on Twitter, I was like, it is not like a press,
1: it is not an interview like you <laughs> it is. Yeah, this is awesome, man. I love it. it the two dudes like having a, like a
0: candy. <laughs> like, So, um, where can people find you and, and where can they find your work?
1: Well, um,. If you're in New York, there's probably a couple of stores. I have to like, double check which stores I still have them because I've sold out of a couple of stores. Yeah, but, man. You can order it on IndiePlanet.com. They have issues 1 through 6. And there's also a graphic novel tray that you can buy on IndiePlanet. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Mr. Night Rider. Also, Cross has a Facebook page, Cross Comic Book. Or you can find me on Facebook, Dennis Knight. NightWriter Rider. Oh my god, I love it, dude! Yeah, you know, you see what I did there—drum roll, snare. I, I get—I'm I, clever sometimes. Sometimes.
0: Do do do, 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 do. <laughs> do, do.
1: I'll tell you what—the only person
0: who's ever done that song justice, other than the theme song, was when Buster Rhyme sampled it.
1: Yes, and that was actually a pretty good song too.
0: Yes, it was. But um, I had a man. I'm gonna date the both of us how old we are, but <laughs> for how for how much we love this song. I had a Knight Rider Big Wheel
1: and no you did it. I did no I'm so jealous right now I
0: had a Knight Rider Big Wheel that my grandma bought me because I had a I had a grandmother who uh, everything my parents wouldn't give me she did it like I guess it was just to get it though nice like yeah so like my dad was like no video games in the house so that Christmas she bought me a Nintendo Nice. In like 1985, <laughs> it's like my dad was like, "Nah, no video games in the house. They'll rot your brain." And my, you know, I go to Christmas at, at Grandma's, and she's like, "Yeah, here, this big box is for you." And there it was, like the NES with the Zapper, the two controllers, and Mario Duck Hunt. Nice. But um, I had a I had a big wheel there that was uh, Knight Rider, and then at my house I had a Mr. T from his cartoon. Big Wheel at the house. What? Yeah. It wasn't an A-Team Big Wheel. It was from the cartoon that he had, where he he was, like, running around with, like, the kids who did gymnastics or whatever. Heck, yeah. And I I, I have to say, Mr. T-Cereal was better than Captain Crunch when it was out.
1: Yes, I agree. (laughs)
0: Like, it was. But, yeah, man, like... yeah, that I, I, I caught the Knight Rider reference when I first started talking to you. I was like, oh, he's yeah. coming on the show. He makes comics, and he knows Knight Rider. Like, <laughs> like was... right. But um, uh, I'll tell you what, what I tell everybody else. Um, you have my contact. Me and you are going to definitely stay in contact on Twitter. Yeah, I, sure. I have um, super open-door policy uh, with everybody who's been on the show. Uh, who is willing to come on once? and basically grants you all access to come on whenever the heck you want. Cool, After that, um, you know, I, I definitely want to have you back on. Um, sure. To everybody listening, definitely uh, follow the links he supplied. Check the book out for yourself. I I recommend picking it up most definitely, and uh, you know, support your indie artists, guys. Um, they tell better stories, honestly, than the two big houses are. Two big houses will sell you Flash and 18,000 versions of of the same hero that's so confusing to follow. Uh, what Dennis is doing is uh, at this point in comic history much more engaging and um, definitely worth your time and attention. So, that's my two cents on IndieCom. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No problem. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. That was Dennis Knight. Um, definitely, make sure to follow him on the links he provided. Look up Frontnzer Comics, check out his book, The Cross, and I look forward to seeing him back on. A really cool guest. And you know, like I always say guys, support your local indie indie artists and labels. Um, way cooler stories, much more contained, and definitely more creative. Uh, than a lot of what the big publishers are putting out. So I just want to say thank you to Dennis, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Remember, make the world a better place, one word at a time.